Parenting isn't easy, and perhaps one of the hardest pieces is making space for things that make us uncomfortable. And yes, I'm calling out some of the biggest movements in parenting right now, because raising resilient children is a balance of fostering skills for independence and for coexistence. The cookie-cutter approach to SEL without nuance, parenting advice built around quick fixes, and messaging that supports a need for over-present adults to problem-solve everything is creating situations where children are struggling in social environments and ultimately in life. Hello and welcome. I'm Tara, the founder of Raising Resilient Children. I support parents with the tools and skills they need to become the parent they want to be. Using my signature framework, the language of kindness and parent clues for problem solving, I teach you ways to make parenting easier while fostering connection and building essential life skills for resiliency. As a longtime educator, former preschool owner and parent, I have been working with parents and children for over 20 years. From this experience, I know there is no cookie cutter approach to parenting and information can be overwhelming. Let's tackle some of this by having some important conversations and digging into some different topics. So before founding Raising Resilient Children, I owned an outdoor and play-based preschool. In that role, I answered a lot of questions. Questions from friends, questions from clients, questions from friends of clients. Many people said to me, you really need to be doing something so much bigger than what you're doing right now. You are meant to have an impact on the world. Now, I've always personally felt that by teaching children I was impacting the world, but now I more fully realize what they were meaning. So my plan before the world closed in March 2020 was that I would slowly phase out my preschool and I was going to slowly phase into parent consulting. Yeah, that's not how it went down. In the blink of an eye, those plans went out the window and my pivot started. I am super grateful to my clients at the time and some of my grads who came back into my world and they really kept me going. Having the opportunity to run some social emotional programs with kids was such an important part of this journey. And I'm grateful that it gave me something and them something to look forward to during an otherwise really difficult time. Now, here's the important part of today's story. As a part of this new pivot plan, I became a team of one. This wasn't my original plan as I shifted into consulting. My plan was slowly phase out your preschool, slowly phase into consulting. That was the actual plan hiring marketing experts, web designers, and so on. That was the plan. I'm not gonna lie, I was stuck for a really long time in being disappointed that this plan didn't happen, that my road to building this brand could have been easier, at least more seamless. But now I realize this is how it was meant to play out because although I'm confident that hiring these people would have fast-tracked pretty much everything, I wouldn't have learned some really important lessons about why parents are struggling and how I'm totally different than other experts in this very overcrowded space where pretty much anyone can call themselves an expert and there's no real accountability. So I have this problem. I've always had it. I'm honest to a fault and I struggle deeply with misleading people. It's funny how being honest can be problematic, but it really can be. From the day I launched this business, I have been given the same advice over and over. You need to give people a fast fix, a quick win. You need to create a lead magnet that draws them into your world and gets them wanting more. You need to make sure you don't overwhelm people. You need to tackle their pain points with targeted solution. That again, will give them a chance for a quick win. 
So if half of this sounds like jargon, it is. It's marketing jargon and you're being exposed to it every single day. Now on my side, I said to every single person that gave me this advice, there is no fast fix. I can't provide solutions to families with no context. Parenting isn't a cookie cutter. How am I supposed to do this? They would reply, you're going to get better at it. You just need to try. You need to show up and do it. You need to find a way. Tell them what they want to hear, knowing what they actually need is different. I'm sure you're getting the idea. The underlying message was clear. You need to lie. You need to make promises that you will fulfill when they buy. You need to dangle the carrot just enough for them to bite. Okay, well, I'm a couple years into this now, and I have never found the right things to say. I have never found the right carrot. I have never made promises that I couldn't follow through on. And I know I've lost potential clients and followers because I didn't have quick wins that became TikTok and Insta-famous. But here's what I did find. I found my authenticity. I've come full circle. I'm back to where I wanted to be when I launched this business, but now I understand something I didn't understand before. I understand marketing. I understand what a pain point is. I understand what a lead magnet is. I understand false hope. You know why I understand these things? Because I had to. And also because I got screwed by them. Building this brand, watching my competitors, listening to gurus and so-called experts, I found out a couple of funnels of people who did not care about me or my business. They didn't even like visit my website or read my lead magnet. They truly didn't care. I was a paying client, not a person whose entire existence was riding on the line. So for those of you not in marketing, you might be wondering, what is a funnel and why am I talking about this on a podcast about raising resilient children and parenting? Well, because what I've discovered is parenting advice, like most things, are driven by funnels. The layers embedded into the advice are almost impossible to sort through. Some marketing experts will try to make you feel better by telling you that you're selling the solution to a problem people don't know they have. And although I do believe this is true, the solution to a lot of problems we experience is actually finding the right expert, not the expert with the best business knowledge or marketing team. Parents, we like to buy solutions to our problems. Here is my cautionary tale. Don't buy the solutions to parenting challenges that are promising a quick win. They don't last because they aren't tackling the underlying problem, missing skill, or challenge. It's a band-aid when you actually need stitches. Behavior, habits, and social-emotional skills are all things that require commitment, consistency, and a bit of practice and patience. And here's the kicker, sometimes even that won't be enough because sometimes feelings are larger than life and we have unrealistic expectations that every moment should be special and perfect and that every feeling can be carefully guided into a socially acceptable response. Although these things are possible, they aren't for young children and definitely not after doing something once or twice. So this is why I feel so passionate about telling you and why I want to dedicate an entire conversation to it. A lot of parents who have come through my virtual door say very similar things. I tried XYZ and it didn't work. I followed ABC and I actually think we are worse off now. I spent dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign on this program or thing and now my partner and I are fighting over parenting more than ever. This is because behavior is not a cookie cutter. Social emotional skills are not magic. And it's not really about the one thing you say or don't say. 
It's about the things you say as a whole and the things you do as a whole. For example, do you say I'm proud of you, but also say, what about this picture makes you proud? It's not one or the other, it's both. I know people open their phones and they see those posts saying, don't say this, don't do that, instead of this, do that. But it's so nuanced. And a lot of the time, what I've come to realize is that it's not about this or that at all. It's actually about the bigger picture and the process involved. It's funny, when I set out to create my program in the very, very beginning, I didn't set out with the intention of fixing problems or doing crisis management. Sure, I do have some experience with this, but my focus was on creating something that's more about skill building and developing an understanding of behavior for people who don't have any background or experience there, or maybe it's just experience that's limited to your own childhood. Kind of like a prenatal course, but for parents of preschoolers through elementary and beyond. The goal of the program wasn't meant to be about hitting a wall and seeking help. The program was intended to provide some useful guidance for understanding what makes kids operate, how behavior works, and how to effectively build skills for things most people didn't learn growing up but absolutely need to know to show up as the parent they're trying to be, social-emotional skills, or SEL. Something I learned as a preschool owner is that when you support parents with these skills, everyone benefits, you, your child, and the communities they belong to. These are the skills that can absolutely help parents and educators who are struggling with bigger challenges. They make such a great foundation for everyone. But my original goal for my program was to answer the statement that I'd heard so many times. Why don't kids come with a manual? Well, the answer is every child is different and unique, so it's impossible to have one manual. But what my program guides you with doing is creating the manual that works for you. If you're curious to learn more about that, head over to my website at targrado.ca forward slash BRTK or click the link in the show notes. So there's another piece of this marketing puzzle that I want to talk about, and that's the idea that it's not always sharing advice that is preparing children with skills and tools for the real world, and in many cases, not even for your own home where multiple people are coexisting. I also think, well, no, I know, it's exhausting parents and it's really creating over-present relationships that don't make space for independent skill building and navigating uncomfortable feelings. Basically, it's doing the opposite of raising resilient children. And I don't think this is actually the messaging intent, but in the quest to make a point, although it might be a valid one or to sell something, the nuance is getting completely lost. We live in a world of short attention spans and we want solutions to every problem. And we typically want those solutions yesterday. So we take the fast fixed, we read the post that resonates, or we seek out the person who will affirm that they are doing it too to make us feel better with our choices. We are also exhausted and many of us are trying to parent in a new way, which is leading to information overload and people calling themselves experts when they aren't. There is a very careful balance between expertise and experience that needs to be struck when we are talking about children, child development, and parenting. If you didn't catch my last episode, number 28, The Role of Routine Resets to Ease Parenting Overwhelm, this is very much a continuation of ideas I brought up there. So yes, I do believe we change the world through our children, but I also think some maybe a lot, of the parenting advice I see on social media forgets that not only do we coexist in our home spaces, but as an extension of that, many of us rely on daycare and school as an instrumental part of our parenting community. 
I became acutely aware of this fact when I owned a preschool. I was not just a place where children came to play and be cared for. I was a key part of each family's ability to function, and I played an essential role in their child's development. And most of the families that came to me relied on me for this piece. We can't overlook this fact when we are seeking out parenting advice, because even with all my experience and expertise, at times it was really hard to be one adult attending to the needs of many children simultaneously. This is ultimately the foundation for my signature framework, the language of kindness, but it's also why I adopted approach of partnership in my daycare and where the whole idea for raising resilient children originally came from. When parents are empowered with skills and tools for social-emotional development, everyone's life is better. You, your child, and the communities they belong to. This parent piece is so important. I have another episode in the works about the misunderstanding surrounding what educators and daycare providers are capable of in terms of their knowledge and expertise in behavior, because we need to bridge this relationship gap. But today, we are focusing on why parenting advice that neglects the community factor isn't servicing you in the big picture. Parenting isn't easy, and perhaps one of the hardest pieces is making space for things that make us uncomfortable. And yes, I'm calling out some of the biggest movements in parenting right now because raising resilient children is a balance of fostering skills for independence and for coexistence. The cookie cutter approach to SEL without nuance, parenting advice built around quick fixes, and messaging that supports a need for overpresent adults to problem solve everything is creating situations where children are struggling in social environments and ultimately in life. My educator friends and my personal experience highlight that routine things have become really tricky. Things like sharing, waiting our turn, listening to a story, not getting what we want, being okay with being bored, failing at things without having them fixed. I have a saying about social emotional development and children. Are you your child's guide with tools or are you their tool? It's a really important thing to think about. I have this saying because I was called out by someone I deeply respect who was observing me with one of my children. They asked me why I parented differently than the way I showed up for other kids the same age. Every teacher knows that it's way harder to teach your children than other people's, but the point was well taken. I was doing something that I ensure I don't do to promote the life success of others with my child. So I saw a post today about how young children cannot share. There is a ton of nuance to this statement. Actually, it's an entire podcast episode's worth. But what's the takeaway for a social media post like that? My child doesn't have to share because they can't. It's not that simple, and it varies greatly by age and stage, even within a single group of children. After working with preschoolers for seven and a half years, They can, in fact, share, but it takes a great deal of effort to set up systems of give and take that involve being accountable and looping back when someone asks you for something and then patiently waiting for it and so on. This is a lot different than children should be forced to immediately give their peer or sibling a toy because that's what's defined as sharing. It comes down to what you define as sharing and your understanding of sharing as a process of skill building. Simply saying children don't share or young children can't share because their brains don't understand it is not helping you understand that there's a very important process that needs to happen and it takes time and guidance. 
The reality is, many children coexist in spaces where they do in fact need to share, and there's layers to making that process happen. That nuance is critical when it comes to our reliance on communities that support our parenting journey. So where am I going with all this? Almost everything you do in parenting is about process and nuance and behavior has layers. Although I do appreciate how social media is bringing forward ideas about places we need to make changes and the importance of rethinking things, it's also promoting unrealistic expectations, reinforcing incorrect methods, and ultimately, it's likely making your parenting much harder in the big picture because it's not tackling the root of your challenge or getting under the surface of a situation. It's giving you a quick fix or a guilt trip, often the latter for most of the people I speak to. There's one final layer to this marketing puzzle that I want to bring up in this conversation, and I think this is the one that might resonate the most deeply. I've noticed posts are often designed to trigger your inner child, to get you thinking about how you felt and how you would never want your child to feel that way. Something I like to say to parents who have been following this type of advice, the problem is not how we felt about things. The problem is that we were not allowed to express how we felt or we were not given tools for how we were feeling. This reframe of thinking can help guide you with understanding that boundaries, limits, and saying things like no are super important. But the truth is these will also potentially lead to big reactions because we are no longer saying things like crying is for babies, real men don't cry, suck it up buttercup. So the problem isn't always about how you felt. The problem is about not being able to express how you were feeling. I have also seen how this advice actually does the opposite effect. The truth is, you don't need to show up as the parent you needed as a child. You need to parent the child you have. And although it's very tempting to see ourselves in our children, they are not actually us. They are unique. In the end, why am I talking about all this? Because awareness is key. We are all part of marketing culture and we can't get away from that. But I am trying to be mindful of the education piece in this because ultimately my goal is to support you with tools and skills to make informed choices and decisions in your parenting. So many of the people I speak to fall down rabbit holes without realizing it's happening. I know because I fall down them too. Maybe not always with parenting, but I sure fell hard with my business and it gave me a whole new perspective on social media and the world of marketing as it relates to parents. So as part of this commitment, it's not gonna surprise you that I'm gonna start doing things differently. And I'm gonna be going against the advice I've been given and hoping that this will resonate with you and that you're gonna find it helpful. In the fall, I rebuilt my signature program, Building Resilience Through Kindness, so that now it's accessible, on demand, but still has the live support people have come to know and love. And let's be honest, it's the accountability most of us need to keep focused on hard tasks. And this is a hard task. As part of this revamping process, I also made a massive change that goes against mainstream marketing advice. My program takes 12 weeks. Here's an example of where I let my authenticity waver because I let marketing and competitor mindset creep in. It's actually always been a 12-week program that I squeezed into six because a lot of people told me it will never sell if I didn't make it six. Now, I will also add, they also suggested I actually make it six weeks of content. This is where my brain just doesn't work the way marketing people want it to. I can't give you half the story. It's a framework. It's one that's taken me 10 years to develop, seven and a half of those years implementing it in my preschool and supporting the families within it. 
and then another two and a half, making it something families can do without me teaching their children. All the pieces interconnect. They build into and on top of each other. It's a program. It's not a course. It's not a quick fix. It's a system that works and it works really well. And here's the most important part. It's not a cookie cutter. I know it changes lives and something I acknowledge is that it's work. That's the other thing I'm not really supposed to say or be really cautious about saying. But the truth is, behavior takes time, commitment, and patience. Quick wins are awesome and you will have them, but they don't last and often you'll land yourself two steps back from where you started. My program has been six weeks since it launched. It's something I've never really felt amazing about. What can you learn in six weeks? How do you bring about lasting, real behavioral change in six weeks? You can't. So every single session, I offered some kind of ongoing support, some kind of continued learning. After the summer session, I developed a membership group because parenting is a journey. It's not a destination. When you do the kind of work like you do in my program, you want that work to last, not to fizzle back to old habits. Because you see, our brains love the path of least resistance. So we revert pretty quickly. So here's to 2023 a year where I'm going to show up with the big picture conversations, real-time takes, and at times, I'm going to challenge the status quo. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when future episodes launch. For information on how to connect with me, head to taragrado.ca, or you can find me on Instagram at Raising Resilient Children. Until next time, thanks again for listening to the Raising Resilient Children podcast with Tara Grado.